Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this wonderful day of rest that you provide for us every every single week. And and um, we just thank you for all the the words that you that you left us with in your book. You know, I mean I guess what I'm trying to say, Father, just let that word just get into our hearts and our minds and help our family members to see a change in us as your word changes changes us from unrighteous behavior to righteous behavior. And um, just help us get through this time right here, Father. We know we're, the world's struggling right now. And we just want to pray for all those that haven't come to know you and those that are kind of on the side of the fence. We just wish you that your word would just draw them near, draw, draw them near and bring them closer to us. And Father, um, just want to pray for all the sick in the world. And um, if there's anything that we can do for anybody, Father, just send them our way. And we pray all these things through your son, Yeshua, our high priest and king. Amen. Mm -hmm. man all right we had stopped short of the Phineas passage last week so we're going to pick right back up in Numbers 25 verse 10 it says the Lord spoke to Moses Phineas son of Eleazar son of Aaron the priest has turned back my wrath from the Israelites because he was zealous among them with my zeal so that I did not destroy the Israelites in my zeal. Therefore declare, I grant him my covenant of peace. It will be a covenant of perpetual priesthood for him and his future descendants because he was zealous for his God and made atonement for the Israelites. The name of the slain Israelite man who was struck dead with the Midianite woman was Zimri, son of Selu, the leader of a Simeonite ancestral house. The name of the slain Midianite woman was Cosby, the daughter of Zur, a tribal head of an ancestral house in Midian. The Lord told Moses, attack the Midianites and strike them dead, for they attacked you with the treachery that they used against you in the Peor incident. They did the same in the case involving their sister Cosby, daughter of the Midianite leader, who was killed the day the plague came at Peor. Anybody got anything for that? Do you know what I'm going to say? That word, zealous. He was zealous. It's not the... It's not the first time, you know, that the Levites stood up and took on the role. They took it seriously, you know, willing to put to death brother or sister um, for disobeying the Most High, especially in the presence of everybody. I think that's important, too. I think the most serious punishments were always things that had been in front of everybody else 
you know, almost like they're made an example of, and rightfully so, because once you expose, you know, everybody else to wickedness, <laughs> and it's not dealt with the way it's supposed to, what's that going to do? It's going to give everybody the thought that, oh, we can just get away with everything. Look at the world today. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It seems like though, um, most of the times when you see this though, it's it's done to save the people, and not yeah. for self righteous or self glowed or whatever how people say it, but he's doing it to save the people because a plague had come upon them for yep. being disobedient, and once he done this. The plague stopped. Yes, ma'am. Made atonement for the people. Brought them back at one with the Most High. The next one, the next one's a whole bunch of names again. <laughs> about those names. <laughs> if anybody can do it, you can. I don't know about it. We're going to find out. All right. <laughs> Chapter 26, after the plague, the Lord said to Moses and Eleazar, son of the priest, or son of Aaron the priest, take a census of the entire Israelite community by their ancestral houses of those 20 years old or more who can serve in Israel's army. So Moses and Eleazar, the priest, said to them in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from the Jericho, take a census of those 20 years old or more as the Lord had commanded Moses and the Israelites who came out of Egypt. Reuben, firstborn, yeah, firstborn of Israel, Reuben's descendants. I'm trying to read that in two different books. Let me just stick to one. All right, Reuben was the firstborn of Israel, Reuben's descendants, the Hanukite clan of Hanuk, the Paluite clan of Palu, Palu, I guess, the Hesronite clan of Hezron. The Carmite clan of Carmine. These were the Reubenite clans, and their registered men numbered 43,730. The son of Pelu was Eliab. The sons of Eliab were Nemuel, Dathan, and Abiram. It was Dathan and Abiram, chosen by the community, who fought against Moses and Aaron. They and Korah's followers fought against the Lord. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them with Korah when his followers died and the fire consumed 250 men. They serve as a warning sign. The sons of Korah, however, did not die. Simeon's descendants, by their clans, the Nimuelite, Nimuelite, clan of Nimuel, the Jamanite clan of Jamin, the, the Jackanite clan of Jackin, I guess, 
the the Zerahite clan of Zerah, the Shaulite clan of Shaul. These were the Simeonite clans, numbering 22,200 men. Gad's descendants by their clans, the Zephonite clan from Zephon, the Haggai clan from Haggai, the Shunite clan from Shunai, the Oznite clan of Oz, from Oznan, or Oznai, the Erite clan from Eri, the Aradite clan of Arid, the Aralite clan from Erli. These were the Gadite clans, numbered by their registered men, 40,500. Judah's sons included Ur and Onan, but they died in the land of Canaan. Judah's descendants by their clans, the Shalonite clan from Shelah, the Perizzite clan from Perez, the Zerahite clan from Zerah, the descendants of Perez, the Hezronite clan from Hezron, the Hamulite clan of Ham Hamul. These were Judah's clans numbered by their registered men, 7,000 or 76,500. Issachar's descendants by their clans, the Tolai clan from Tola, the Punite clan from Huva, I guess, the Jeshubite clan from Jeshub, the Shimronite clan from Shimron. These were Issachar's clans numbered by their registered men, 64,300. Zebulun's descendants by their clans, the Seredite clan from Sered, the Elanite clan from Elan, or Elon. The Jaleelite clan from Jaleel. These were the Sebulonite clans numbered by their registered men, 60,500. Joseph's descendants by their clans from Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh's descendants, the Macarite clan from Machir. Machir followed Gilead, the Gileadite clan from Gilead. These were Gilead's descendants. The I, the Ezerite clans from Ezer, I guess. The Helikite clans from Helik. The Azraelite clans from Azrael. The Shechemite clans from Shechem. The Shim Shimidaite clans from Shemida. The Hepharite clans from Hepher. <laughs> the Zelophead sons from Hepher had no sons, only daughters. The name of Zelophiad's daughters were Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirza. These were Manasseh's clans, numbered by the registered men, 52,700. These were Ephraim's descendants by their clans, the Shuthelahite clans from Shuthela. Shuthela. Yeah, Shuthela. There we go. The Beckerite clans from Baker. The Tehanite clans from Tehan. I'm butchering these names. I'm sorry, guys. These were the Shuthilas descendants. The Aaronite clans from Aaron. These were Ephraimite or the Ephraimite clans, numbered by their registered men, 32,500. These were Joseph's descendants by their clans. Benjamin's descendants by their clans. The Balaite clans from Bala. The Ashbelite clans from Ashbel. The Ahiramite clans from Ahiram. The Shufamite clans from Shufam, the Hufamite clans from Hufam, Bala's descendants from Ard and Naaman, the Ardite clans from Ard, the Naamanite clan from Naaman. These were the Benjamite clans numbered by their registered men, 45,600. 
These were Dan's descendants by their clans, the Shuhamite clan from Shuham. These were the clans of Dan by their clans, all the Shuhamite clans numbered by their registered men, 64,400. Asher's descendants by their clans, the Imnite clan from Imna, the Ishvite clans from Ishvi, or Ishvi, the Barite clans from Bariah, from Bariah's descendants, the Heberite clan of Heber, the Malkielite clans from Malkiel. The name of Asher's daughter was Sarah, or Sarah. These were the Asherite clans numbered by their registered men, 53,400. Naphtali's descendants by their clans, the Jazielite clan from Jaziel, the Gunite clan from Guni, or Gunai, the Jezerite clan from Jazer, the Shelemite clan from Shilam. These were the Naphtali clans by their registered men, 45,400. The Lord spoke to Moses, the land is, is to be divided among them as an inheritance based on the number of their names, or number of names. Increase the inheritance for a large tribe and decrease it for a small one. Each is to be given its inheritance according to those who were registered in it. The land must be divided by lot. They will receive an inheritance according to the names of their ancestral tribes. Each inheritance will be divided by lot among the larger and smaller tribes. These were the Levites registered by their clans, the Gershonite clan from Gershon, the Kohathite clans from Kohath, the Merarite clans from Merar. These were the Levite family groups, the Libnite clan, Hebronite clan, the Malite clan, the Mushite clan, and the Korahite clan. Kohath was the ancestor of Amram. The name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, and descendants of Levi, born to Levi in Egypt. She bore to Amram, Aaron, Moses, and their sister Miriam. Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar were born to Aaron, but Nadab, Abihu, or and Abihu died when they presented unauthorized fire before the Lord. Those registered were 23,000, every male one month old or more. They were not registered among the Israelites or the other Israelites because no inheritance was given to them among the Israelites. These were the ones registered by Moses and Eleazar the priest when they registered the Israelites on the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. But among them were there was not one of those who had been registered, or yeah, who had been registered by Moses and Aaron the priest when they registered the Israelites in the wilderness of Sinai. The Lord had said to them that they would all die in the wilderness. None of them was left except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. Names, man. The best. Tremendous. <laughs> I wouldn't know the difference. Because <laughs> I can't pronounce some names. Well, it tells you if you go those no, if you look, if you go deep into it, it tell you which tribes blossom and which tribes decreased while they was in the wilderness. It also will help you with Yeshua's um. Geniality, it, how you say that word, bloodline. Yeah, the genealogy. Yeah.
did a fine job. <laughs> I tried, man. I know I butchered some of them names. I just know it. I'm on. I'm gonna post this on the thing, and there's gonna be somebody in the in the comments there, and they're gonna be like, "You did a terrible job." That's not pronounced that way. It's pronounced this way. <laughs> I know some of the names. The ones that you've seen me speak correctly, because I know the names. I need to do better about uh, going through and because you can literally just go to Strong's Concordance and it shows you how to pronounce the names. Or uh, one thing that really helps, that's why I usually use TS-2009, which is what I was trying I was trying to double test there without throwing anybody else off that was uh, listening, because I know that some of y'all are using HCSB too. And it reads different, but the same kind of anyways. <laughs> Anyhow, that one's pretty self-explanatory other than the commentary that Miss Tammy just given. Um, yeah, if you compare that to um, when they were first registered according to their numbers, compare the um, difference there. There was 601,730 this time. I can't remember how many was there last time. I thought I had a chart, but I can't find it. I think we all had a chart at one time. Because I remember us talking about the formations and the, yeah, all of that. I bet you do. Let me use my resources real quick. Maybe not. Never mind. Anybody got anything else to add? Yeah, can you go back and read those names again? Okay. I'll <laughs> make sure I got them, you know. Okay. Um. Reuben was the firstborn of Israel. Reuben's descendants. <laughs> I would do it if I thought you were serious. You know I'm playing. Oh, 
thought there was a clear cut number of all of them. I think there is. Anyhow, all right. Chapter 27. It says, the daughters of Zelophehad approached Zelophehad, or approached Zelophehad was the son of Hafer, son of Gilead, son of Machir, son of Manasseh, from the clans of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. These were the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hoaglech, Milka, and Tirzah. They stood before Moses, Eleazar the priest, the leaders, and the entire community at the entrance to the tent of meeting and said, Our father died in the wilderness, but he was not among Korah's followers who gathered together against the Lord. Instead, he died because of his own sin, and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan, since he had no son? Give us property from among our brothers. Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord answered him. What Zelophehad's daughters say is correct. You are to give them hereditary property among their father's brothers and transfer their father's inheritance to them. Tell the Israelites, when a man dies without having a son, transfer his inheritance to his daughter. If he has no daughter, give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his father's brothers. If his father has no brothers, give his inheritance to the nearest relative of his clan, and he will take possession of it. This is to be a statutory ordinance for the, for the Israelites as the Lord commanded Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, go up this mountain of the Abarim range and see the land that I have given the Israelites. After you have seen it, you will also be gathered to your people as Aaron, your brother, was. When the community quarreled in the wilderness of Zin, both of you rebelled against my command to show my holiness in their sight at the waters. Those were the waters of Meribah, of Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin. So Moses appealed to the Lord, May the Lord, the God of all, or the God of spirits, or of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the community who will go out before them and come back in before them, and who will bring them out and bring them in, so that the Lord's community won't be like sheep without a shepherd. The Lord replied to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man who has the spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. Have him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole community, and commission him in their sight. Confer some of your authority on him so that the entire Israelite community will obey him. He will stand before Eleazar, who will consult the Lord for him with the decision of the Urim. He and all the Israelites with him, even the entire community, will go out and come back in at his command. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua, had him stand before Eleazar the priest and the entire community laid his hands on him, and commissioned him as the Lord had spoken through Moses. Ain't that the same thing Elijah did to Elijah? The pastor man only laid his hand on him when he got there where he was at. Yeah. And 
when because that's all that that's all Elisha said. He said, I want I want a double portion of your spirit. I want a double portion of your spirit. Same thing, yep. Yahweh. Sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. They're just passing on the priesthood blessing. I think that's what John the Baptist. That's it's just my opinion. I think that's what John the Baptist was doing to get. That's what my thoughts were going to. He anointed him. Oh, like, like John the Baptist was the correct high priest, and Yeshua was taking the the next and final role. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. I don't disagree. I just I don't have an opinion on it. That is interesting. <laughs> you know how a lot of people say he would have been baptized for sin? I don't believe that at all. Say what? Well, it's all over TikTok right now. Uh, I just don't get it. What? Also, I missed what you said. They said that, what? No? That he was baptized for his sins. <laughs> I because John the Baptist, the Bible states that John the Baptist repent, baptism was for the remission of sin. It's crazy. It's crazy. But there was no sin found in him. Yeah, I know, Papa. You can tell him that, and it's crazy. That's the doctrine of demons. Wow, I ain't heard that one yet. The extent people go to try to argue that we don't have to keep the law mm-hmm. now extends to Yeshua sin. <laughs> but did they keep the law, Papa? They keep the law. Courtney was on there not too long ago. And that's how I found them. Courtney was on their live debating them or, you know, whatever. Wow. Did somebody bring up that scripture in Isaiah that says there was no... Yeah. Yeah. People, here's what they want to hear. Yeah. That's why yeah, we have to test all the doctrines. You know, he's got to test them. See if they line up with scripture. That one definitely doesn't line up anything Mm -mm. (laughs) and they also don't believe in the virgin birth do they believe that uh, Adam had a virgin birth I don't know I ain't heard that he would have had a virgin birth if he was created from the dust of the earth 
But I think he was passing the mantle. That is interesting. What's that? The um, the idea that he was passing the mantle on to Yeshua. Yeah. Look at um, Abraham passing it down to Isaac, and then Isaac passing it down to Jacob, and then Jacob to Levi. You know. Yeah. Noah to Shem. Enoch to Noah. It's always been a, a bloodline there. And it derives from Gentiles too. What about, you know, it's like Job. He was on Esau's side. I'll tell you one thing that you know, say. Well, Pat Pinterest, or ever how you pronounce his name, that the Torah portion is about. Look who his mama was from and was grafted in. Esau. Yeah. Job was a Gentile high priest and king. He was a ruler. All right, so yeah, um, Matthew eleven eleven. It says, "I assure you, among these born of women, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared, but the least in the He's kingdom of greater than he." Which there was a high priest at the time. I think there was technically two high priests at the time because it was Caiaphas and his father. And that's why I think that zealous line, that zealous priesthood comes in a state there. But that statement right there, yeah. There's a high priest, and he's saying that John the Baptist is the greatest. You know, no one born of women is greater than he. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. They said, I don't, I don't necessarily have an opinion on it. But I have heard that before, and it is an interesting take. So. Ain't it right after that? He says, I must decrease so he may increase. Mm. Sure does. No. Yeah. There's a Trinitarian argument. <laughs> John the Baptist was greater than God. <laughs> oh. All right. <clears throat> We're going to get into some offerings. We'll read all the way to Numbers chapter 30, basically the end of 29.
Well, I'll stop after the end of 28. But anyways, chapter 28, the Lord spoke to Moses, command the Israelites and say to them, be sure to present to me at its appointed time, my offering and my food as my fire offering, a pleasing aroma to me and say to them, this is the fire offering you are to present to the Lord. Each day, present two unblemished year old lambs as a regular burnt offering, one lamb in the morning and the other lamb at twilight or sundown, however you want to look at this. That's a whole other topic. Anyways, along with the two quarts of fine flour for a grain offering mixed with a quart of olive oil from crushed olives, it is a regular burnt offering established at Mount Sinai for a pleasing aroma, a fire offering to the Lord. The drink offering is to be a quart with each lamb, pour out the offering of beer to the Lord in the sanctuary area. Offer the second lamb at twilight, along with the same kind of grain offering and drink offering as in the morning. It is a fire offering, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. On the Sabbath day, present two unblemished year-old lambs, four quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering and its drink offering. It is the burnt offering for every Sabbath, in addition to the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. At the beginning of each of your months, present a burnt offering to the Lord, two young bulls, one ram, seven male lambs, a year old, all unblemished, with six quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for each bull, four quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for the ram, and two quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for each lamb. It is a burnt offering, a pleasing aroma, a fire offering to the Lord. Their drink offerings are to be two quarts of, of wine with each bull, one and a third quarts with the ram, and one quart with each male lamb. This is the monthly burnt offering for all the months of the year. And one male goat is to be offered as a sin offering to the Lord in addition to the regular burnt offering with its drink offering. The Passover to the Lord comes in the first month on the 14th day of the month. On the 15th day of this month, there will be a festival. Unleavened bread is to be eaten for seven days. On the first day, there is to be a sacred or not to do any daily work. Present a fire offering, a burnt offering to the Lord. Two young bulls, one ram, and seven male lambs, a year old. Your animals are to be unblemished. The grain offering with them is to be of fine flour mixed with oil. Offer six quarts with each bull and four quarts with the ram. Offer two quarts with each of the seven lambs and one male goat for a sin offering to make atonement for yourselves. Offer these with the morning burnt offerings that is part of the regular burnt offering. You are to offer the same food each day for seven days as a fire offering, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It is to be offered with its drink offering and the regular burnt offering. On the seventh day, you are to hold a sacred assembly. You are not to do any daily work. On the day of first fruits, you are to hold a sacred assembly when you present an offering of new grain to the Lord at your festival of weeks. You are not to do any daily work. Present a burnt offering for a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Two young bulls, one ram, and seven male lambs a year old, with their grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil, six quarts with each bull, four quarts with the ram, and two quarts with each of the seven lambs and one male goat to make atonement for yourselves. Offer them with their drink offerings, in addition to the regular burnt offering and its grain offering. Your animals are to be unblemished. 
We got daily offerings, Sabbath offerings, monthly offerings, offerings for Passover. Then you have the offering for the Feast of Weeks, our first fruits. And then it goes on to the trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the Festival of Booths, or Sukkot, Tabernacles. Can you elaborate on the drink offering? You talking about because it said beer? That's just this translation. <laughs> I caught that too. Pour out the offering of beer to the Lord in the sanctuary. I'll give you the, uh, I don't know. That's the Minka. Hang on a second. Verse seven. Use old e-sword here. Strong wine. Shekhar, an intoxicant that is intensely alcoholic liquor, strong drink. So I guess it's just something stronger than just regular wine, which I guess it could be beer. I don't think anybody had stills back then and were brewing whiskey. <laughs> It would have been something stronger than wine, but. Oh, you're welcome. Kind of like oh, the, the wine that, that Yeshua turned the water into wine, that kind of wine. The good wine. It would have been, well. Yeah, maybe, possibly. I think. Uh, me personally, I think that the wine back then was not as strong. I don't think it was as strong as like what we have today. Um, although, can't be too positive because I drink, I drink sauce uh, about it being leavened. Uh, yeah, no. So I don't. I don't think most people here right now think that the command is for yeast. I know that most translations will say yeast, remove the yeast from your household and stuff like that. I don't think that it's yeast. I think that it's just, it would be your barm or your yeast cake, which is basically used for the uh, making your, your leavened bread and basically be your sourdough starter. But that's another thing that which that ties into what i'm talking about so um obviously you can naturally ferment wine i mean if you go to the store even now and you get some grapes and it's got that white film on it that's yeast and you can literally take those grapes smash them up and put some water in um a, a, like a bucket <laughs> with an airlock on it and you're going to ferment um wine now with barm it's that thick layer on top of the stuff and it's got all your activated yeast if you were to scoop some of that out put it in a drink or put it in something else and uh use it to ferment the same way that we do with yeast packets alcohol today um 
you're going to get a stronger drink than just your regular um, no leaven shall be found on your board hold that till the end because I'll, I'll get into exactly what <laughs> hold that because that's going to get into a whole discussion one thing I'll add is the Twilight thing. Um, I think Twilight's a poor translation. Most, uh, I think it's supposed to be between the evenings, which is when the sun goes down and when the sun goes down. That would be what Twilight represents. Most translations, not, I can't say most, but a lot of translations say between the evenings. And I think that's an accurate um, take on that. So, which that goes back into the whole Passover topic. But, um, yeah. Burnt offerings. Get them burnt offerings. And it says right there in the beginning. Going to throw it out there. Command the Israelites. Everybody. Command the Israelites. Chapter 29. We'll get back into the rest of them. It says, <clears throat> You are to hold a sacred assembly in the seventh month. On the first day of the month, you are not to do any daily work. This will be a day of joyful shouting for you. Offer a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. One young bull, one ram, seven male lambs, a year old, all unblemished. With their grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil. Six quarts with the bull, four quarts with the ram, and two quarts with each of the seven male lambs. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering to make atonement for yourselves. These are in addition to the monthly and regular burnt offerings. With their prescribed grain offerings and drink offerings, they are a pleasing aroma, a fire offering to the Lord. You are to hold a sacred assembly on the tenth day of this seventh month and practice self-denial. You must not do any work. Present a burnt offering to the Lord, a pleasing aroma, one young bull, one ram, and seven male lambs, all a year old. All your animals are to be unblemished. Their grain offering is to be of fine flour mixed with oil, six quarts with the bull, four quarts with the ram, and two quarts with each of the seven lambs. Offer one male goat for a sin offering. The regular burnt offering with its grain offering and drink offerings are in addition to the sin offering of atonement. You are to hold a sacred assembly on the 15th day of the seventh month. You must not do any daily work. You are to celebrate a seven-day festival for the Lord. Present a burnt offering, a fire offering, as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Thirteen young bulls, two rams, and fourteen male lambs, a year old. They are to be unblemished. Their grain offering is to be a fine flour mixed with oil, six quarts with each of the 13 bulls, four quarts with each of the two rams, and two quarts with each of the 14 lambs. Also, offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offerings with its grain and drink offerings. On the second day, present 12 young bulls, two rams, and 14 male lambs a year old, all unblemished with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams, and lambs in proportion to their number. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offerings with its grain and drink offerings. On the third day, present 11 bulls, 
two rams, 14 male lambs, a year old, all unblemished, with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams, and lambs in proportion to their number. Also, offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offerings with its grain and drink offerings. On the fourth day, present ten bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs, a year old, all unblemished, with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams, and lambs in proportion to their number. Also, offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offerings with its grain and drink offerings. On the fifth day, Present nine bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, a year old, all unblemished, with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams, and lambs in proportion to their number. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offerings with its grain and drink offerings. On the sixth day, present eight bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, a year old, all unblemished, with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams, and lambs in proportion to their number. Also, offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offerings with its grain and drink offerings. On the seventh day, present seven bulls, two rams, and 14 male lambs, a year old, all unblemished, with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams, and lambs in proportion to their number. Also, offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offerings with its grain and drink offerings. On the eighth day, you are to hold a solemn assembly. You are not to do any daily work. Present a burnt offering, a fire offering, as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. One bull, one ram, seven male lambs a year old, all unblemished with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams, and lambs in proportion to their number. Also, offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offerings with its grain and drink offerings. You must offer these to the Lord at your appointed times in addition to your vow and drink or free will offerings, whether burnt, grain, drink, or fellowship offerings. So Moses told the Israelites everything the Lord had commanded him. That's a lot of offerings for you. Ready to just all of a sudden be uh, done away with, never going to happen again. Now Ezekiel tells us that it's going to. Yeah, that's, yeah, you're absolutely right. And Nicole said a lot of details too. Yes, a lot of details. That's what, what people try to say. With, again, I ain't going to throw no names out there, but people tell me all the time that, well, you can't. You can't figure out how to do the sacrifices without telling them. I disagree. It's very plain as day in this text. A lot of detail right there. It's a lot of detail. Yeah. <laughs> but the Passover, they're instructed not to even eat the lamb. That goes against the Bible. This is correct. Also, with all of this, I do not think that... Um, I don't think you're allowed to be a vegan. No. A lot of meat. I ain't saying you can't eat. I don't like you can be a full vegan. You can be vegetarian for a, a, a chunk of your existence, but there are times where you're, you have no choice. In order to follow the, the laws of the Most High God, you will eat meat. You can't be a full vegan. 
And people give me crap about saying that all the time too, but it's it is what it is, man. It's his way is not my way. That's right. I love meat. <laughs> I love meat too. I like vegetables too, don't get me wrong. Veggies, fruits. I like it all. I like everything the Father blessed us with. <laughs> oh, me too. But yeah, that's a whole lot of um whole lot of commands. Whole lot of commands. For the offerings. Another topic. Another time. We're going to go to Jeremiah. Actually, we'll go to Joshua since it's the next, or, you know, two chapters over. We'll go to Joshua 13 and read 15 through 22. Speaking of Reuben. And the cat's speaking to somebody. Calm down, cat. All right. Uh, it says, to the tribe of the Reubenites, by their clans, Moses gave this as their territory. From Aror, on the rim of the Arnon Valley, along with the city in the middle of the valley, to the whole plateau, as far as Medaba, with Heshbon and all its cities on the plateau, Ibon, Bemothbal, Beth Baal Maon, <laughs> Jahaz, Kadamoth, Mepha, Kiriathayim, Sibma, Zerashahar, on the hill in the valley, Beth Peor, the slopes of Pisgah, and Beth Jeshemoth, all the cities of the plateau, and all the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon. Moses had killed him and the chiefs of Midian. Rechem, Zer, Her, and Reba, the princes of Sihon, who lived in the land, along with those the Israelites put to death. They also killed the diviner Balaam, son of Baor, with the sword. Now we'll go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, 1, 1 through 2, 3. All right. <clears throat> it says, The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests living in Anathoth, in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the thirteenth year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. 
It also came throughout the days of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the fifth month of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. The word of the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. But I protested, Oh no, Lord God, look, I don't know how to speak since I am only a youth. Then he said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for you will go to everyone I send you to and speak whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid of anyone, for I will be with you to deliver you. This is the Lord's declaration. Then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and told me, I have now filled your mouth with my words. See, I have appointed you today over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and and demolish, and to build and plant. Then the word of the Lord came to me, asking, What do you see, Jeremiah? I replied, I see a branch of an almond tree. The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I watch over my word to accomplish it. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, inquiring, What do you see? And I replied, I see a its lip tilted from the north to the south. Then the Lord said to me, Disaster will be poured out from the north on all who live in the land. Indeed, I am about to summon all the clans and kingdoms of the north. This is the Lord's declaration. They will come, and each king will set up his throne at the entrance to Jerusalem's gates. They will attack all her surrounding walls and all over and all the other cities of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments against them for all the evil they did when they abandoned, abandoned me to burn incense to other gods and to worship the works of their own hands. Now, get ready. Stand up and tell them everything that I command you. Do not be intimidated by them, or I will cause you to cower before them. Today, I am the one who has made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the population. They will fight against you, but never prevail over you, since I am with you to rescue you. This is the Lord's declaration. The word of the Lord came to me. Go and announce directly to Jerusalem that this is what the Lord says. I remember the loyalty of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who ate of it found themselves guilty. Disaster came on them. This is the Lord's declaration. So he already had a purpose for Jeremiah. Before he was born. So he was sent from God too, right? Yes. Yes. So John the Baptist and yeah. It's also um no matter how you look at it, there's a case or another that you can't disprove in regards to at least a partial predestination. Yeah, no, I get that. Just uh I get that. Like when I read the book of Jubilees, it said all spirits were created on day two. And I just yeah. wonder I wonder if 
like it says, when you die, your spirit goes back to God who gave it, right? Yeah. And your body goes to the earth. And your soul goes to shield. So I wonder if he had, if he appointed um, your spirit on the second day. Like he already knew what spirit you, what body is going to stick you in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I know that in, in traditional Christianity, they say, well, as soon as you die, you go to heaven. You know, your spirit goes to heaven. Like, that's you. But it says your soul goes to shield. But I think the spirit, the body can't live without the spirit. That's that That's that animation, that life force that God gives us. That's the animation. You're correct. Yeah. I find it just, just find it interesting. So, one thing I find interesting <clears throat> uh, in this King James Version, Genesis 2 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and yep. man became a living soul. Yep. That's a literal translation. Then it says, uh, Ecclesiastes, it says the body returns to the dust where it came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the spirit goes back to God. And... Don't get me started on that one. Yeah, that's a new topic. <laughs> <laughs> we got everybody save your, uh, I am more than happy to uh, get into all of this at the end of this. You mentioned yep. Jubilees. <laughs> so we're going to read the portion from Jubilees real quick. Okay. And it's uh, Jubilees chapter 31, 18 through 20. Got a little bit of Enoch, a little bit of Jubilees, a little bit of Testament of Judah. Got a little bit of everything today. Chapter 31, if my fingers will work, 18 through 20. It says, and to Judah, he said, may the Lord give you strength and power to tread down all that hate you. A prince shall you be, and you and one of your sons over the sons of Jacob. May your name and the name of your sons go out and traverse every land and, and region. Then will the Gentiles fear before your face, and all the nations will quake and all the peoples will quake. In you shall be the help of Jacob, and in you be found the salvation of Israel. And when you sit on the throne of, of the honor of your righteousness, there will be great peace for all the seed of the sons of the beloved. And blessed will he be that blesses you, and all that hate you and afflict you and curse you shall be rooted out and destroyed from the earth and accursed. Kind of goes with Zachariah, which says there will be no more Canaanite in the house of the Lord. There will be, yeah. Which I think that I think all of those you could take a literal. I'm not saying that you can't. Um, but I think if we take 
New Testament passages such as there's Greek, you're all one in Christ Jesus. When you take that step and, you know, decide to give your life in submission to the son, ultimately to the father, you're grafted in, you are no longer XYZ. You are an Israelite. You are a Hebrew, ultimately, because you're one who has crossed over, right? Yep. And so by declaring that or proclaiming that, you are submitting yourself to these laws. That's the other aspect of law. <laughs> it's your standard. That's what you'll be judged by. But it's also it's something you desire to do now because you realize the importance of it. You, des- you, you realize that this is what the father expects from his children, you know? And do we fail? Yeah. But the difference is you're leaving behind all of these other practices, all of the anti-God mentality that you would have had beforehand, you know, or the desire to root out Israel as we see in the in the Torah, you know, when they're going through the land or even in Joshua elsewhere, where they're going through the land and trying to destroy Israel. Um that's not your desire anymore. You're not trying to go against God. You're trying to submit to God. Therefore, you know, it talks about the Canaanites and stuff like that. I think that you can be grafted in, and that is a metaphoric speech. That's my opinion. I could be wrong, but that's the way that I look at it. I mean, Canaanites, Canaanites can be grafted in. Yeah, that's what. Remember, because it says, in, I think it's the Ecclesiastes, or Ephesians 2.12, where it says, for at, at one time you're without Christ in the world, strangers from the covenants, and now you've been brought in there. And become part of the commonwealth. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yep. That's why I think that it's behavior speech. I think even when you talk about Esau versus Jacob, you know, for I have hated Esau and I love Jacob, which I take that literally. I think that which is people say, well, it just means love less. I think even if it's love less, you have a problem because he's picking one specific person over another. Yeah. And I think that it's a behavior. I think it is, you know, again, always the been promised about- seed, which it's always been about your behavior. I agree yeah. with that. What did it's, he tell? Think, Cain? He told Cain. He said, "If um, if you do good, won't your offering be accepted? But if you do yeah. bad, you know Satan crouches at the door." Yeah. Yep. It's that right. simple. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple, man. Just do the right thing. Do what's required. Do what's but other the work is. You would think you're just way into heaven now by trying to do the Father's commandments. <laughs> well, that gets into a whole other conversation too, because I don't see anywhere where we go to heaven. I see that the kingdom's coming down. And that the righteous will inherit the earth. If you're going anywhere, 
you got a problem. <laughs> that means that you may not be on the list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're gonna give me, hey, uh, can you can you just check to see if I had reservations again, please? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty oh. sure. I'm pretty sure. Just just check it again. Nope, not there. I, did, I didn't see that. Um, I will leave you with this parting gift. Uh, there's a note over here that says, uh, depart from me. Well, yep. you know the rest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. They'll be sending out text messages. <laughs> He's sending out text messages. And email. Yeah, you have an RSVP this day at this time. Sweet. Yes. <laughs> did you get one? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's oh. terrible. Oh, yeah. man. Anyways, we're going to get to Isaiah 60. Oh, goodness. I, do, I, I, I don't want to be in the category of uh, depart from me. I want to be told, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what I strive for daily. If you call my desire to be obedient to the Father's self-righteousness, so be it. That's fine. I'm not here to please man. I'm here to please the most time. And I try as hard as I can daily. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes I fail. Definitely, definitely fail. But a righteous man will fall seven times. That implies that he got up seven times. Right. So, Isaiah chapter 61 through 8. It says, <clears throat> Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, darkness covers the earth, and total darkness the people. But the Lord will shine over you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your radiance. Raise your eyes and look around. They all gather and come to you. Your sons will come from far away, and your daughter daughters will be carried on the hip. When you will see, or then you will see and be radiant, and your heart will tremble and rejoice, because the riches of the sea will become yours, and the wealth of the nations will come to you. Caravans of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all of them will come from Sheba. They will carry gold and frankincense and proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar will be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth, Nebaioth will serve you and go up on my altar as an acceptable sacrifice. I will glorify my beautiful house. Who are these who fly like a cloud, like doves to their shelters? talking about New Jerusalem man. yep those are the angels coming to get, get the people reap harvest the earth it also says that you know it says the nations will go up to his holy mountain and I'm going to bring it up again one of my favorite verses Isaiah 2-3 <laughs> but in Isaiah 2-5 says come O house come uh, O house of Jacob let us walk in the light and that's that yeah. two verses before it says, for the law will go forth out of Mount Zion. Yes, sir. That's the kingdom on the ground. 
And God's still merciful. He's still merciful. That's after he punishes. Yes, sir. I want to read this whole chapter. Ezekiel 37. But I'll I'll go 24 to 28. I love Ezekiel 37. Uh, yeah, it says, my servant David will be king over them. This chapter, or, uh, yeah, chapter 37, verse 24 to the end. My servant David will be king over them, and there will be one shepherd for all of them. Follow my ordinances and keep my statutes and obey them. Because as you just said, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, the house of Jacob. The law will go forth from Zion. Anyways, they, they will live in that land that I gave to my servant Jacob, where your fathers lived. They will live in it forever with their children and grandchildren, and my servant David will be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish and multiply them and will set my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. When my sanctuary is among them forever, the nations will know that I, Yahuwah, sanctify Israel. Hallelujah. You ever study the 40 days Yeshua was here after his resurrection? What do you mean? And, and the commands. Well, he died and he rose again. When he come out, you know, Mary said, he told Mary, he said, don't touch me for I am not yet ascended to my father. Mm-hmm. But when he showed up in the room, he told Peter, not Peter, um, Thomas, put your hands in my side and in my hands. So that means that he had already seen it to the Father and come back down. So was he a high priest in here on earth? Because he did give them commands and send them out from Jerusalem. That's a good question. That is a good question. My mind immediately goes to Hebrews where it you know talks about how if he was on if he was here on the earth. That's what I was trying to do. I will say that prophets gave commands too, and we know that he was a prophet. In Deuteronomy now, 18. But not only that, he would send people to the priest. But that what did he do that after his resurrection? I'm getting to the point of after his resurrection, he ascended and come back and walked on the earth for 40 days. After 
after his resurrection, he became a priest. Yeah. While he was, he was You're breaking up a little bit, brother. Oh, can you hear me now? Yep. How about now? Yep. I said after his resurrection, he became the high priest, but before he was sending two people to the high priest. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. We just don't know. We know we know that he ascended through the clouds after, you know, before the 50 days. He was here yeah. for 40 days. And that's what hit me that last week, brother, and I had to repent for that. The father asked me the question. He said, why do you why do you skip from the resurrection to Pentecost and you skip what he came came back to the earth to say? As your high priest, because I was like, I wish yes could just tell us after the resurrection what to do from then on. I know he told us before, but you know how you get sometimes. And when I said that, it was like, boom. What did he do the 40 days? Go read and study. You want to know? And that's what I've been on a little bit. Look at that. I will say this about that experience. Everybody wants to make the or whatever happens um, when the destruction of the temple happened and it's basically because he says that uh, nobody here nobody here will taste death until they see the son of man coming in his glory right um, there's two different things which there's another way that that's worded and I can't recall off the top of my head there's two different things I provide for that. Coming in his glory, number one, when he rode into town before his crucifixion, that was the king coming in his glory, right? On the donkey. A king's supposed to do that. Every king's supposed to do that. Coming in on the, yeah, he says. So that's number one. Number two, when he came, when he came back, Nobody had died that he had spoken that to. You see what I'm saying? Well, it says that, I think it's in um, Matthew 10, 23 or 23, 10, where it says, you will not have gone through all the cities of Israel until the Son of Man returns. That's what I was, thank you, thank you. Yeah. That's what I was speaking of, though. Yeah. Where it says, you will not go through every city. Yeah, therefore, behold, I send you to prophets, or I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them, uh, yeah, most certainly I tell you, all these will come upon this generation. Can't believe I forgot that was Matthew 23. Anyways.
isn't that when he gave him the command to stay in the upper room, or is that when they remembered what he said? The 40 days he was here, because he had told him to stay, stay in Jerusalem until how was they received power, or and then go out into all nations. Yeah. We know the powers of the Holy Spirit. And he told him to be a Pentecost. It said, well, yep. they received it, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. But up until then, he hadn't sent them out to all nations. He had just sent them to the 12, 12 tribes. And I think that comes into play with the woman that asks for the bread. You know, she said, even even the dogs desire the crumbs that falls from the table. The graphing in. You know, he told him, he said, I didn't come. He told her, I didn't come, but only for the children. And that's when she told him that. And when he delivered that message, then he told him to go out unto all nations. It was like the, the master had gave the invitation to come in, but everybody was too busy to come in. So he sent the servants out to give those that would come in. That's First to the Jews. Yeah. Those Pharisees were too busy, except Nicodemus. They're too busy on what they were doing. I know there's a question I wanted to ask you, Brother Jim. Let me ask it, Dustin, before I forget it. Was right. was right. the fellow that got the um that gave him the borrowed tomb? Was he was he a scribe or Pharisee? Do y'all know what line he come from, or do it mention anything like that? The the what now? You know the the fella that let him borrow the, his tomb to put Jesus in Yeshua in. Oh. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. What the? What's a look at that one? Okay. Look at that one. I don't know. Joseph of Arimath was it Arimathaeus or? I guess who that was. He's the one that pleaded Pilate for the body. Yeah, I'm trying. I, I've been working too on the red heifer, and you know there's certain commands and orders they have to go through for the red heifer sacrifice. And I think the way I've got it pointed out, he's got to be part of the Levite or drew the line. I can see that connection.
Y'all reading that? Sure. We'll go through 61, first Enoch 61, 7 through 11. It says, and that one, with their first words, they blessed and extolled and, and lauded with wisdom. And they were wise in utterance and in the spirit of life. And the Lord of spirits placed the elect one on the throne of glory. And he will judge all the works of the holy above in the heaven and in the balance with their deeds be weighed. And he will lift up his countenance to judge this, their secret ways according to the word of the name of the Lord of spirits and their path, according to the way of the righteous judgment of the Lord of spirits, then will they all with one voice speak and bless and glorify and extol and sanctify the name of the Lord of spirits. And he will summon all the host of the heavens and all the holy ones above and the host of God, the cherubim, the seraphim and the opening and all the angels of power and all the angels of principalities and the elect one and the other powers on the earth and over the water on that day will raise one voice and bless and glorify and exalt in the spirit of faith and in the spirit of wisdom and in the spirit of patience and in the spirit of mercy and in the spirit of judgment and of peace and in the spirit of goodness and will all say with one voice blessed is he and may the name of the lord of spirits be blessed forever and ever And then we'll go to 82. And chapter 82, it's four through nine, and it says this Blessed are all the righteous. Blessed are all those who walk in the way of righteousness and sin not as the sinners. And the reckoning of all their days in which the sun traverses the heaven, entering into the departed or entering and departing from the portals for 30 days with the heads of thousands of the order of the stars, together with the four which are intercalated, yeah, intercalated, which divide the four portions of the year, which lead them and enter them four days owing to them men will be at fault and not reckon them in the whole reckoning of the year yeah men will be at fault and not recognize them accurately for they belong to the reckoning of the year and are truly recorded thereon forever one in the first portal and one in the third and one in the fourth and one in the sixth and the year is completed in 364 days. And the account thereof is accurate in the recording or the recorded reckoning thereof exact for the luminaries and month, months and festivals and years and days. As Uriel shown and revealed to me, to whom the Lord of the whole creation of the world has subjected the host of heaven. And he has power over night and day in the heaven to cause the light to give light to men sun, moon, and stars, and all the powers of the heaven, which revolve in their circular chariots. And these are the orders of the stars, which set in their places and in their 
seasons and festivals and months. I'll be honest, I'd never read that. <laughs> I heard there's a 364-day calendar. <laughs> I, saying, I know the Jubilee says the same as 364. Yeah. Which, if you take 52 weeks. Yeah, exactly. That was my whole thing. You take 52 weeks times by seven, that's 364. <laughs> and then... Have, it's actually 364 and a quarter. Something like that, yeah. Which would give you that 365. Is this a quarter for every 90 days, right? Yeah. For the new moon. Oh, the, 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 um, yeah. The, the actual quarter more. You have the, um, The day of transition. Sorry, my mind went blank there, but yeah, the day of transition on the Zedekite calendar. Yeah. I studied the calendar and I just studied till I was satisfied. You can go way deep into that thing. Is that saying his right name, Josias? Do he say anything about the calendar? Josephus, something like that. Josephus, I don't know. I haven't read a lot of his stuff. I think basically he was still doing the the calendar of modern day Judaism, what they do today. And it always makes me wonder because it says that the Jews were celebrating their feast. You know, well, I know there is a slight difference. I had got into it and and come back out. I need to go back into it of the difference in the feces that was held in Galilee and Jerusalem. Right. And there's also a prophecy in Enoch that said some would transgress the the calendar, you know, and celebrate it 10 days too early or 10 days too late. So I don't know. That's that's definitely a controversial one. I like the Zadok calendar myself. That way you don't have to add an extra month because they have to add an extra month in Judaism. And nowhere is that in scripture. And on the Zadok calendar, uh, feast day will never overlap a Sabbath day, a weekly Sabbath, which I think is important. Not saying it's correct. I'm just saying that it's, it's different. Spell his name, Justin. I mean, Dustin. Josephus. Yeah. I believe it's J O C. E-P-H-U-S. Thank you, Pa. Nicole asked, um, 
how many days are in between uh, or from new moon to new moon? How many days? Isn't, from new- isn't it like 27 days? Um, I'm not super positive. I will say it's like, well, I know Jimmy does. I think Bo does too. We follow the Zetakite calendar, the Zadok calendar, which it goes. Obviously, you got your four seasons. That's never contested between all the calendars. There's four seasons. <laughs> but you have, uh, like in the first month, you have three months of 30 days. At the very end of the 30th day of the third month, you have a 31st day. That's the day of transition we were talking about. And then you go into day one of the next season. So, which actually here. actually a, a paid calendar for it. I was, I'm, I'm about to show her. That's what I was thinking about. That they found in <laughs> the, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls and Kay's Kumran and all that. Yeah. If you look at this, not me. Yeah. So, like, you have your seasons. I don't know if you can see that very well. Um, yeah, you have your seasons and your different months. And of course, this is fancy because each month is going to have a corresponding shape. So like today, which actually this needs to be changed, but today would have been the Sabbath day corresponding with the first month, the shape being the circle. So it would have been Sabbath. And then now we change it because it's sundown to the next day but when you get to the third month and the 30th day you go through 30 every month and then you have a day of transition and then the following day starts right back over there and you go first of the month and then you would change seasons corresponding that that's the peg calendar and with that the the feast dates will never land on a Sabbath. Yeah. So in, in his days, it wasn't called a Jewish calendar. It was a Hebrew calendar. And there is a difference in the two. Yeah. Plus you had, I think, I mean, plus you had the, the Julian calendar going on at that time. I, think, I don't know. Yeah, the Julian calendar was going on. Yeah, the Great Goring calendar and come about to later on, way later. Yeah. So. So it's like it's like the feast days, um, the sun, the moon, the stars. This is how I see it. I, I don't take this with a grain of salt, but the feast days start um, when the sun, the moon, and the stars were created. It says they were set, placed in the firmament for times and seasons, and that word seasons means feasts. And it was on the fourth day, and that that day is when all the feast days start, like the major feasts, except for Shavuot. Like um, Passover is always, you know, at the first part of the week, and then Feast of Unleavened Bread, and then it goes seven days. But it will never land on Shabbat. It always starts in the middle of the week. Same with um, Sukkoth. 
just those two feasts, basically, the seven-day feasts. Technically eight. Yeah, yeah, technically. I was looking at it. It's, it's interesting that you, know, you had to pass over into unleavened bread that makes it eight days, and then at the very end of the calendar year, you have your festival of weeks, or uh, not weeks, uh, tabernacles, yep. to go that has an eighth yes. day addition to it. So, well, the Hebrew, the Hebrew mm -hmm. calendar puts the new year starting in September. Exodus Makes no sense. Exodus 12 2 <laughs> says that, yeah. Makes no sense. That was the one back in Joseph, Joseph whatever how he says, back in his day. The Hebrew calendar in his day started between September the 15th and September the 25th. Exodus 12 2 no, says, New Year's always. It says this. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first of the month of the year to you. And then it goes on mm -hmm. and talks about Passover. That's the reason why I say that's the reason why they got through, another reason why they got through out of that land, too. They had, they had lost the, the calendar. They, they didn't even keep the Shemitah years for how many years? They lost that day. The yeah. only thing, the only thing that they kept was the seventh day Sabbath that they knew for as positive. That's when it was. There's a, I mean, a prophecy saying that they would lose the order of the, the seasons or the feasts. I think it's an Enoch. I think it doesn't mean that. Testament of Judah. Right. We're going to read chapter 13, 14, and 17. <clears throat> uh, it says, And now, my children, I command you, give heed to Judah, your father, and keep my words so as to perform all the Lord's just decrees and to obey the command of God. Do not pursue evil impelled by your lusts, by the arrogance of your heart, and do not boast the exploits and strength of your youth, because this too is evil in the Lord's sight. Since I had boasted that during a war, not even a beautifully formed woman's face would entice me. And I had scolded Reuben, my brother, concerning Bilhah, my father's wife. The spirit of envy and promiscuity plotted against me until I lay with Anan, the Canaanite woman, and with Tamar, who was pledged in marriage to my son. For I said to my father-in-law, I will confer with my father, and then I will take your daughter. But since he was unwilling to delay, he showed me a measureless mass of gold, which was in his daughter's name. He decked her in gold and pearls and made her pour out wine for us in a feast. The wine perverted my eyesight. Pleasure darkened my heart. I longed for her and lay with her. Thus I transgressed the Lord's command and that of my father when I took her as my wife. 
And the Lord repaid me according to the rashness of my soul, because I had no delight in her children. And now, my children, I tell you, do not be drunk with wine, because wine perverts the mind from the truth, arouses the impulses of desire, and leads the eyes into the path of error. For the spirit of promiscuity has wine as its servant of the mind. If any of you drinks wine to the point of drunkenness, your mind is confused by sordid thoughts and your body is kindled by pleasure to commit adultery. Thus he commits sin and is unashamed. Such is the drunkard, my children, who is drunken, or who is drunken has respect for no one. He who is drunken has no respect for no one. See, even I was deceived so that I was not ashamed before the throng in the city, because before the eyes of all I turned aside to Tamar and committed a great sin, and disclosed to my sons my acts of uncleanness. When I had drunk wine, I floated, I flouted shamelessly uh, God's command and took the Canaanite woman. He who drinks wine needs much perception, my children, and this is the perception the wine drinker requires. So long as he is decent, he may drink. But if he exceeds the limit, the spirit of error invades his mind and makes the drunkard become foul-mouthed and lawless. Yet rather than be unashamed, he boasts in his dishonorable action and considers it to be fine. And we'll go down to chapter 17. And now, my children, I command you not to love money or to gaze on the beauty of women, because it is on account of money and attractive appearance that I was led astray to Bathsheba, the Canaanite. And I know that on account of these two things, my tribe is doomed to wickedness. For even the wise men from among my sons will be changed for the worse, and the kingdom of Judah they shall cause to be diminished, though the Lord gave it to me because of my obedience to my father. For at no time did I bring grief to Jacob, my father, because everything he said I did. And Abraham, my father's father, blessed me as destined to be the king in Israel, and Jacob blessed me similarly. And so I know that through me the kingdom will be established. I think that's funny too because they took it as, uh, or I guess he took it as literally he he would be king when it was way down the line. Um, well, first of all, his children started to become kings. You know, we have... Wait, no, Saul wasn't from Judah. Where did we claim a Saul from? I forget. What, say that last part again? What Saul? About... What, what, what clan was he from? He wasn't from Judah. I don't know why I want to say the ben, um, Benjamin. That's what I want to say, but let me check it. Yep. Was it? Member of Benjamin. Yep, you were correct. Cool. Yeah, so it wasn't until the second technical king of Israel that Judah was a king, and then after that, there remains 
a king of Judah all the way until our current king. And like he said earlier, I believe he, he his kingdom since his role started when he rode in on that donkey. Yep. That's the way I look at it. That's exactly how I look at it. That's when they chose their king. Yep. He told him, he said, if they stop crying out, God will raise up these rocks. I can't. That's funny. We're gonna read Psalms, but this passage, Alice and the Psalms a lot. <laughs> and I can I can hear the guy's voice in my in my head while I'm reading this. It's it's seven through ten and it says, Lift up your heads, you gates, rise up, ancient doors, then the king of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates, rise up, ancient doors, then the king of glory will come in. Who is he, this king of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. Does you don't know how I love that scripture right there. That's in Psalms. Yeah. Yep. Yes, I love that scripture right there, Papa. I can imagine him. <laughs> <laughs> He's lift up your head. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. I can I can hear his voice saying, because I listen to it, man. A lot of times I'll, I'll go to sleep uh, listening to uh, Psalms. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and there'll be something else on the TV. You know, we watch YouTube and uh, I'll back it out and switch over to Psalms and go back to sleep. <laughs> he opened up doors. They had to open up and let him come in. Now I think it's finished with the New Testament. We call it the New Testament, but it's old too. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't bring Paul in on Pinterest. They did what now? Didn't you say we was done with the New Testament? Or the Old Testament? Are you talking about uh, Elijah? Yeah, because Paul touches a lot on zealous. It kind of makes me think, you know, Paul, why are you talking about <laughs> so much? But he does, he talks a lot about being zealous for the Lord. That is true. That is true. 
So, all right, so we'll go to John too. And this is kind of what the rest of this kind of goes around. Not all of it, but a lot of it. John chapter 2, 13 through 22. And it says, uh, uh, the Jewish Passover was near. So Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple complex. He found people selling oxen, sheep, and doves. And he also found the money changers sitting there. After making a whip out of cords, he drove everyone out of the temple complex with their sheep and oxen. He also poured out the money changers' coins and overturned the tables. He told those who were selling doves, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. And his disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume. So the Jews replied to him, what sign of authority will you show us for doing these things? Jesus replied, destroy this sanctuary and I will raise it up in three days. Therefore, the Jews said this sanctuary took 46 years to rebuild or to build and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking about the sanctuary of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed the scripture and the statement Jesus had made. I'll go to Matthew real quick. Matthew 22, 31 and 33. It says this. It says, now concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Jacob. Of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the living or of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. We'll go to Acts 4 33 real quick. says, and the apostles were given testimony with great power through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on all of them. And now we'll go through Romans portions. In Romans 1, 1 through 7. The introduction. It says... Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, called an, as an apostle and singled out for God's good news, which he promised long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was a descendant of David, according to the flesh, and who has been declared to be the powerful son of God by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness. We have received grace and apostleship through him to bring about the obedience of faith among all the nations on behalf of his name, including yourselves who also belong to Jesus Christ by calling to all who are in Rome. Yeah, to all who are in Rome, loved by God, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And then fast forward to Numbers chapter 6, 1 through 14. What should we say then? Should we continue to sin so that grace may multiply or so that grace may abound? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in a new way of life. For if we have been joined with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that sin's dominion over the body may be abolished, so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin, since a person who has died is freed from sin's claims. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For in light of the fact that he died, he died to sin once for all. But in light of the fact that he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God and Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. And do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. But as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you, because you are not under law, but under grace. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah, we can definitely go through how Paul is just super zealous. <laughs> and admonishes, I mean, every one of his readers to be zealous for righteousness, to be zealous and obedience to the most high. Absolutely. Power is from uh, the life of Benjamin too. Yeah. I think um, I think Paul was a reversal of Saul. <laughs> the first, you know, you had the first um king there being Saul went downhill <laughs> I mean, he just went downhill and then and then you have David after him who was righteous I mean everybody all the kings after him were compared to David in terms of righteousness and then later on you have the righteous Yeshua and then you see Paul coming to the scene, who started off doing things wrong and ended in righteousness. So, it's interesting. Very interesting. We're going to end with Revelation 15, verse 2 through 4. And it says, I also saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those who had won the victory over the beast, his image and the number of his name, were standing on the sea of glass with harps from God. They sang the song of God's servant Moses and the song of the Lamb. 
Great and awe-inspiring are your works, Lord God the Almighty. Righteous and true are your ways, King of the nations. Lord, who will not fear and glorify your name? Because you alone are holy. For all the nations will come and worship before you, because your righteous acts have been revealed. And in case anyone wants to know, Song of Moses, Deuteronomy 32. <laughs> but that is the end of the portion.